got an Australian one for you today. That's right. Are you ready to learn some things? Yes. Are you ready to talk about beauty and glamour? Absolutely. And are you ready to learn what a lorikeet is? Me too. <laughs> Courtney Act is on the show with us today. We have a lot of great conversations, so we hope you're ready. Yeah, faggots. Tur Enjoy. Give it a turkey feather. I love the turkey. M. Oh. M. Mom. When first choice is a bingo bus, you turn around and boom, you end up with us. Sloppy seconds. Oh, Diva. Our number is 213-536-9180. Our email is sloppysecondspot at gmail.com. Now on with the show. Hi, you sloppy, you stupid little fucks, you not so fucks, you dirty little fucks. Welcome to Sloppy Seconds with a Big Dipper and Meepaw. I'm Meepaw and that's Big Dipper. Hello. Hello. It's fun to be seen. It's... Keen, I'm keen to be seen in green. What are the lyrics of that song from The Wiz? I don't know. Okay, but... I am The Wiz. You're emerald green. One short day. Speaking of which, I did buy a flight, and I am going to see the second showing of Wicked, but the baby loves Fagtasia version. So hopefully I get a cameo. So get ready, Brooklyn. Because you will not stop hearing me scream the whole time. What audacity to buy a ticket to a show and then say, I hope I get a cameo in that show. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm flying all the way out there for all right, it. Here we go. I'm excited for our guest today. I think we both are. I am fact. very excited. The Thunder from Down Under, from Sydney to LA, co-owner of one of the best wig companies in the world, the winner of Celebrity Big Brother UK, a drag race alumnus, recording artist, author, and True beauty, look through the kaleidoscope. It's Courtney. Oh, it's so nice to be here. I'm we're all in green. Yeah, That's so weird. Genius. We're just we're in sync. That's right. Yes, we are. Who was your favorite member? If of we could NSYNC? menstruate, we'd probably be doing it right now at the same time. I am. <laughs> yeah. You're lactating. You're not <laughs> menstruating. It's a different well, thing. Yeah. Too close. Did you listen to NSYNC? Uh, not really. Yeah, I was a Backstreet Boys kind of guy. I was a Spice Girl. Okay. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah, yeah. Clock, clock that too. I had Spice, on our, uh, in high school, in our senior year, we get like a, a jersey, like a football jersey, and you can get anything you want printed on the back. Oh. And I had Spice Boy 99. Ooh! But 99, because that was the year. And did that become your AOL uh, screen it was, name? No, <laughs> X-Man. How, how X -Men, like I love the X Men? X-Men, but I was X-Man. Wait, you're I, into the X-Men? I was so into like all the comics, the cards. I have them all now back in my home in Los Angeles in storage, and I can't wait to like one day soon like pull them out and sit like with tweezers and oh flip through gosh, all the comics. That's so cool. Who's your favorite X-Men? <sighs> I definitely always loved Rogue. Mm -hmm. Sure. Uh, I, I, I kind of loved them all. Like yeah. there was something like about Jean that I loved because she was kind of like, like a bit shit, but then turned out to be like the ultimate. <laughs> yeah. She was, she was very whiny a yeah. lot of the time. And we were like, we get it. You can read people's minds. Do something like, else. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. And then when she turned into the phoenix and she was like, I just can't do it, Scott. Never slipping, not ever for a minute, not even for a moment. It's too much. And I was like, oh, so good. Okay, so cut that and make that an audition. Send that to Hollywood. That was incredible. The energy is up now. Who was your favorite X-Men? Storm. I love Storm. She was just so fucking cool. Really one of the coolest. Yeah, she was just the coolest one. And she was kind of like otherworldly. Like even though they were all like mutants, there was something about her that like she controlled the weather. Yes, that was like the cuntiest thing. And it was like, and she can fly, but it's not like flight. It's just she's controlling the wind around her. That's genius. Yeah. No shock here. Beast. Ah. Ah. Was. 
want him to fuck him. Ah. <laughs> what are you talking about? Big blue guy? Yeah. yeah. Bigger than me? Sense. That makes sense. So yeah, good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah, smart. Yes. Oh, yeah, he's a professor. What an intellectual. Right? Yeah, read me a book, Beast. Yeah. You know what I mean? Okay. <laughs> Okay. Well, welcome back to California. You, you so were gone for so long. Here. I know. I've been back each year. I think I was the most well, next to Rita Ora, the most well-traveled person during the pandemic. You not, really did. Not because I was like <laughs> traveling for enjoyment, but I got to Los Angeles on the first day of lockdown because we were all like, oh, COVID, maybe we'll like have dinner parties, house parties for a couple of weeks, yeah. things return to normal, and then cut to all of that. I don't need to re-traumatize us. But I then got back to my place in London, and then I... Came, and then Australia had no COVID, so I went back there. And then, I don't know. It was, You're anyway, a citizen of the world. I love that. World. And but, you worked a ton. You were, like, working constantly. I would I would go where the, the borders were open, open and the work was legal. Yes. Yeah. It was all above board. I'm jealous. I stayed home. I, I should have left. All of my friends were flying out. Everyone was leaving. Yeah. yeah. That was a mass exodus. I wrote yeah. a book, too, during lockdown. Yes. Let me recommend, oh, yeah. if you ever want to write a book, Global Pandemic. <laughs> Pretty good environment. <laughs> You'll really find your space and yeah. time there. Yeah. I really was living vicariously through your Instagram stories in Australia. Oh, yeah. Because you were like, you were like, look how beautiful it is. Look, we <laughs> can go out to, to the club. In. You were like, we have to sit down, you guys. We're not allowed to dance on the dance floor. Yeah. It's still a thing. We're not allowed to uh, vertically drink. Oh, my God. There was God. no vertical drinking. So you had to be point. seated. You had to be seated. Because the COVID doesn't get you when your knees are bent. No, you're fine. Exactly. And then uh, it was because <laughs> it was when it was a song. It, maybe it was Gaga. Rain on me. Was it no, Rain it was on Chromatica. Me. You, like, you were like, I've heard Chromatica in the club. That's but right. we're all sitting down. And yeah, and then it came on and we stood up and danced. <laughs> And the security was like, everybody sit down. I was like, <laughs> rain on um, Yeah, exactly. Oh, my God. Well, you were just recently in Atlanta. Uh, you saw Beyonce, Beyonce with Willem. Oh. I love Crystal. How was the show? <laughs> How dare you? The show was amazing. And I was going to be in Northern California with some friends in the mountains. And then I had uh, gig at market days in Chicago. And I was like, okay. Beyonce, two of the world's most wonderful artists are touring right now in the United States. Beyonce and Jinx Monsoon. Where you're about to say Taylor Swift. Where are they when? <laughs> that was the that was the that bait was and switch. That was the bait and switch. That's called comedy. That's yeah. good. From that, the was professional. Good comedy. that was a good one. That was a good one. did you like the Jinx show too? I did love it the was Jinx so show. good. Yeah, was. Except I went to see it. I went to see it in San Francisco. Oh nice. And it was on Sixth and Market at the Warfield, appropriately okay. named. And I my my I felt like rattled and shooketh by like what has become of San Francisco. It's it wild. I will say yes. Really I spent all, like most of last month in San Francisco, mm. and I only went like pre-pandemic once a month, usually to do a show up there. It was a different city. Yeah. It felt so different, yeah. and it didn't. I didn't feel ever in danger. I was just like, there's something weird. The vibe is off. Yeah. The whole city used to feel. Lighter. Yeah, it feels dystopian and, yeah. and kind of sad. But Jinx's show was amazing. Slay. And dystopian and kind of sad. Dystopian as and well. kind of sad as well. <laughs> oh, yeah. Just kidding. <laughs> um, I love I I just love Jinx. I love watching her on stage and she was wonderful. And then went to um Atlanta with Willem to see Beyonce the next night, and that was just a, a otherworldly experience. We were talking about the Renaissance bar, but Willem has, you know, had back surgery and needs a seat. Right. So we got like it was we were like three rows from the front of the the walk aroundy bit and uh -huh. it was, okay. I was like I didn't 
I didn't realize when I booked these tickets they were this good. And we were just, we loved yeah, it. Yeah, so you were on the floor? Mm. Okay, okay, that's where my tickets are. And I'm getting very nervous because I'm seeing a lot of videos of be- people saying like, oh, people are going to steal your seats. Like, you're not going to have a spot to sit. If you get, there was a bit of that that went on because it was like two rows of empty in front of us. Yeah. And then people started to fill them. And then like three quarters of the way through, those people turned up. And then there was like, they're our seats and security shining lights. And we're just like, let us dance to Beyonce. We're on the right, right seat. Yes. So as long as you're in your seat okay. at the get-go, I think you're fine. We'll do that. We'll do that. We'll do that. I'm so excited. We're so excited. It's all I can think about. Are you going in LA? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going on her birthday. <gasps> Beyonce's birthday. That's going to be uh-huh. the craziest one. I'm yeah. going on the first night that she's here because the tickets were cheaper. Do you think Jay-Z will like carry out a cake? And Blue Ivy will sing happy birthday? I think... If she Grammy d- winner Blue Ivy singing on stage, I think not. Not for what her mom is paying her. No. Isn't that amazing? I saw some whole thing. They were like, oh, this is how Blue Ivy has made $6 million so far touring. It's like she gets paid to be a dancer, and then they're like moving the money to some tax shelter, and then it's like accruing all this stuff. And I'm like, yeah, she also made $6 million by just being born into a billionaire household. Yeah, yeah. she'll inherit all that. Yeah. So what else are you doing while you're in LA? <laughs> um, just I honestly just came like after market days. Uh, I got that came ba- back, back loan out. Got uh, well, no, that happened last night. Ah! Oh, oh yeah, you told me you had I, a date. I had a date. Oh, nice. that's it so was, nice. And it was like the most datiest, wholesome. I would say like it went one hundred percent correct. Which oh. going on a date, like going on a date out of drag with a gay identifying man for me is complex and convoluted and com- complicated. It comes with like like, like a, a parasocial relationship from being caught in the act. It comes with a, a, a gay man's own struggles with femininity and being with someone who's feminine but presenting masculine. And there's like all these things are always like, happen, which I, I try not to be aware of, but clearly I, I am. And so then I probably project that onto them and that's why they have a limp dick. Um, but last night was like, it was like a, a little, I, the, I, um, I won't go into tea. Sure, okay. that's fine. Yeah. But um, we went on a lovely date to a restaurant and then went to, you know, his place and made out and did butt stuff. Fun. So oh lovely. my gosh. I love that. Yeah. Can you unpack a little bit the term parasocial? Because I think I get it and people are using it a lot more these days. It's the idea. I mean, the I think the pre-internet idea was um, the bartender at your gay bar who you order your drink off every week and like who might know your drink order. And you're like, you've got this whole, you know, his name, you know, everything mm. about him. You have all these details. Got but it. He actually has no idea who you are. Right. So it's sort of like, when uh, now in this world, like people who are listeners know so much about you to follow you on Instagram, but then you don't actually know who they are. So it's sort of like, it's not a reciprocal social relationship. Yes. Okay. Yeah. And if I forget your name, it doesn't help if you keep on saying, I can't believe you forgot my name. Oh. It just makes it worse for you. Yeah. yeah. I remember back in my maybe less compassionate youth. Oh. <laughs> so where I'm at. <laughs> the least compassionate. It was like 2001 and there was this boy who was like, like came up to me and was like, you don't remember my name, do you? And he's like, you never remember my name. I've met you so many times, you don't remember my name. And I was like, I think it's something biblical, like Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. And he's like, you don't remember. And I said, do you know what, sweetheart? I was like, in the nicest possible way, the fact that I can't remember your name, says more about you than it does about me. <laughs> That's not the case. And there it is. <laughs> That's not the case for like no. every every situation. Yeah, but that his name was Josh, by the way. Oh. Slay, Josh, yeah. eat it. Hi, Josh. Yeah. 
but no, I, I, I now, I, I, if I don't think about what the person's name is, if I just say the first name that comes to my mind, it's often the right name. Ooh. Oh. I have like this you're a witch. spooky thing. Like in a meet and greet, I'm like, Mary, Sandra, Joanne, Margaret. <laughs> and they're like, uh-huh. and just like, how do you how remember you these know? people's names? And I'm like, I don't know. That's incredible. Yeah. I love What's, that. Yeah. Oh, I just we- wanted to expound on the um, parasocial relationships because you've been on so many different TV shows and there's been like different kind of versions of you mm. produced and put out there. What is like the weirdest one like is it the Drag Race fans or is it the Big Brother UK fans? I think the the most or not weird. I guess the that's most the right challenging word. one maybe for me was like the Drag Race one because I didn't see the the relationship that people had with the person they thought was me wasn't who I felt that I was. Mm-hmm. Right. So that was a challenge. But then Celebrity Big Brother in the UK really felt like oh this is who I am and yeah. I've now been seen by people and I won. Um, mm-hmm. And there was something about that that kind of quelled any of the, the drag race. But when someone comes up and goes, I love your wings on drag race. I always think, oh, I understand like your comprehension of who I am. Right. Like mm. I'm that girl who from drag dress. race. Yes. Like that. <laughs> and then they were like. If someone says, why were you mean to Jocelyn Fox? Then I'm like, oh. oh. <laughs> Oh I God. will say, there's a clip of you that is recirculating on Twitter oh, right the door? now. Yes. More like Honey my hug Buddy. Yes. <laughs> Wait, did you say that? Okay, That's we, really good, though. Yes. That's really good. It was during the makeover challenge, and they're all getting like a little cunty right before their um, the runway. And so like the queens are sparring a little bit with their words to sort of show off a drag room vibe. And, you know, Dora's saying to her drag daughter, like, oh, we have really have a family resemblance. And Courtney's like, you better not uh, get that. Uh, uh, I hope you don't pass down the hog body. And everyone laughs. And then Dora says, uh, what, with that honey mahogany dress you got mailed over there? And Courtney just pops back. <laughs> better than honey mahogany. It made me seem really witty. But in, tru- yes. in, in truth, those those things happened over the course of several weeks. And they were just cut together in one <laughs> sentence. <laughs> But I like it so much because knowing you sort of behind the camera and seeing you play around with your friends, you are quick and funny and cunty yeah. in a in like a joyful, fun way. Yeah. And it's great because, you know, you have a lot to uphold out in the world, you know? Yeah. You're like an activist. You're like a TV host. You're, you set an example. And I think you do... Uh, you do such a great line, a uh, uh, job of walking that line where mm. you both feel the pressure to maintain that, yeah. but also be authentic to yourself and like not stop yourself from having fun. Yeah, and I think that's important. And I think it's that idea of like we wear different wigs for different situations, different yeah. hats. Like like here we have an appropriate conversation for who we are. And if you're reading a book to children, you don't. And yes. we're yes. all smart enough exactly. to understand what's appropriate in different places. I was talking to Katia today doing her podcast and um Double dip. Yep. <laughs> Double dip. You're all talked out. I'm just oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> um and yeah she we were talking about some of those things and, and I'm like Okay, I'm, I'm like the the language and the jokes that she were she was making were about sort of those sort of sensitive topics, and I was like, ah, oh, and I was like, as a national trinket who is discussed in the national media surrounding these issues, uh-huh. I would like to, <laughs> yeah, you're like, let's pivot. Yeah, yeah, where do you draw the line? Because I feel like when uh, not to bring up Big Brother again, but mm. that was like where you were saying a lot of stuff for people to hear that they had never heard before. Mm. So you became like the spokesperson. Mm. So do you feel that responsibility still now after? 
I do, but I winning? actually I don't feel like it as a burden. I feel not to sound trite, but I do feel like it's like an honor mm-hmm. because I think that um, to be able to speak in the mainstream about queer and not even not queer things, just, you know, the different women's rights and all sorts of things that we had conversations about in the Big Brother house. It feels like to have that opportunity where queer people haven't had a space at the table for so long. And I remember like being in the room, but like having to be like dick joke, woohoo, like make everyone feel comfortable. And now I get like invited on news programs in drag and talk about like serious things, but there's no... There's no need for me to be in drag apart mm-hmm. from the fact that it looks good. Right. Um, National and, trinket. National yeah. trinket. And but good. and all yeah, of that after showing your tuck on the moment one. I know. <laughs> what a way to enter the house. My An iconic off, way to enter the house. And you see like a, just a, a vacuum-packed chicken breast. <laughs> yeah. I was concerned. Why didn't they blur it? <laughs> they just said, leave it out. Leave it in. Why do so many people have a theory that that is was because Willem because Willem on their podcast said that that was planned. Well, I the night before I went in, I had Howie made the outfit that I was wearing, uh-huh. and I wore it for the promo. And I decided and it is Velcro, yes, pop studs. Okay, two pop studs. Can't trust those. And dangerous. Howie made the outfit. <laughs> I wore it for the promo, and I thought, oh, this looks so pretty. I'd like to wear this for the entrance, but I feel like I need a gown. And so I, to sound relatable, I messaged my stylist Frank, and he had found like a piece of material that was the same and was like had it was like the night before and he was like I, I can put a put, put a couple of pop studs in it and like away you go and I was like okay great and then as I walked down the stairs I breathed out and kaboom wow wow, wow what wow. I mean that I just think personally on live television walking into a brand new environment yeah. Being like, I have to put my dress on. Yeah. And then you explained it to them, but like, I don't know that everyone like really understood. No. And then it happened again as I was explaining yes. it. And I was like, wow. <laughs> and then um, yeah, Amanda and Barry, like, who's one of the, um, she was one of the older women in the house who was in like the carry on films. And she had talked about working with Danny LaRue. Yeah. Uh, right toward the end, this weird alliance happened between. Anne Whittacombe, who was the conservative politician mm-hmm. who in 23 years of parliament voted against every single piece of pro LGBT legislation that ever came before her. Among other things. How'd you not kill her? Then there was uh, Wayne Sleep, who's like a, a older gay man who's like a ballet dancer with the Royal Ballet. And then Amanda Barry, who is a, uh, an older woman who's an actress and in a, in a relationship with a woman. Um, and the two, the, the two older queer people teamed up with the older conservative woman to turn on me. <gasps> and one night I was in the bathroom. I don't know if I was getting in drag. I can't remember. But she kind of like marched into the bathroom to give me a piece of her mind. And she was like, why are you picking on Anne? And why are you? And I'm like, Anne voted against your right to be married to your wife. I am not picking on Anne. She has literally (laughs) spent her whole entire career legislating against our rights. And like, and then, um, and she walked out of the bathroom and she turned around and she was like, and another thing, I worked with Danny LaRue and I know drag queens and a drag queen would never be that sloppy. This is like, Four weeks after. Oh my God! After hold like on, a, never be that sloppy. Yeah. Hold on. Excuse <laughs> me. I'll reveal right now. Exactly. <laughs> sloppy seconds. Wow. All right, let's take a break. We'll be right back. I'm gonna take a break on that one. Yeah. <laughs> This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. You know, a lot of us spend our lives wishing we had more time. The question is, time for what? If time was unlimited, how would you use it? No, really, how would you use it, baby? 
bet. I always think about my work week and how busy it is. And I'm like, I wish I had an actual weekend. Now that really comes down to me planning my life a lot better, but I would use it for leisure because I work so much. How, what would you use if there was extra time in your life? If I had more time, I would do more hobbies. I would like pick up more activities because I love hobbies, but I just, I barely have time to do the stuff that I actually have to do. Right. Well, the best way to squeeze that special thing into your schedule is to know what's important to you and make it a priority. And therapy can help you find what matters to you so you can do more with it. You know, I think therapy, like the biggest thing that I get out of therapy is new directives. Like, oh, try this. Like, make a change in how you think. I think we all think like, that's just how my brain works or like this is how I see the world but those things can shift and change and you can learn tools in therapy to be like look at it this way or try a new way of going about a project or schedule your day a little different those are things you can talk about with your therapist Mm -hmm. if you're thinking of starting therapy give BetterHelp a try it's entirely online and designed to be convenient flexible and suited to your schedule just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch their anytime for no additional charge. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash sloppy today and get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash sloppy. And we're back! Now, I have a very pressing question for you. Yes. Are the gays in WeHo still mean? Hmm. The main gays, they live in West Hollywood. The main, main gays, well, they all would if they could. Um, I wrote would what? this song. They would live they in would. West Hollywood. Oh, they would. Yeah. <laughs> they just they would. They just would. If they could. They would if they could. <laughs> I thought it was about you. Oh. You know, they I would, would if I could. could. Well, I would. I did. <laughs> I've I done. was living in WeHo. I liked it. Yeah. I moved there in 2010. Um, and I wrote the song Mean Gays about my group of, tongue in cheek about my group of friends um, at the time who were the Mean Gays of West Hollywood. <laughs> um, Courtney's the nice one who hangs out with all the bullies. Yeah. She's like, but they're fun and hot. Yeah. <laughs> I'm nice. What do you mean? And then someone was like, but do you see how they treat other people? And I was like, oh. Um, no. Um, and... So, yeah, I wrote that song. I wrote that song driving back from Vegas. Um, I put, like, a voice note on, and I was like, he looks like Tarzan and talks like Jane. He's, and I sang the whole song into a voice note and then, like, wrote it, like, the five-hour car ride. And by the end, I was like, oh, I've got a song. And I'm like, I'm going to record that song. And That's the level of pr- productivity that I wish <laughs> I had. Multitasking. Yeah, if I'm in the car, Meanwhile, I'm you're like, like, my car's going to drive me there myself. <laughs> Oh, yeah. This was like 2013. So I was like eating, driving, good, good, good. watching a movie. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> wow. a um, what did you feel like you wrote? Have you written the majority of your music while living in, in West Hollywood, like LA? I think uh, I wrote all of it uh, up to, up to uh, my album Fluid, which I wrote in London. No, I, where did I write that? Yeah, I think I wrote that in London. Okay. But. Um, all of the songs from Kaleidoscope I wrote in LA with Sam Sparrow and um, a wonderful group of songwriters. Yeah, right. I we love, love that. We love songwriters. They're, so They're you know just a part names. of the community you, that we can't. I'm so curious. I talk about this all the time. I talk about making music, being an independent artist, sucking old men's dick. Yeah, these are the things. Usual we talk thing. about. 
What is your take on and LaCroix, exactly? <laughs> oh, LaCroix boy. Thank you. What is your take on the music note. industry? What? Do the sustained note. Which one? The one from that song. <laughs> it goes up like that. It two doesn't octaves. go up like that. We'll make it. We'll figure <laughs> it out. We'll do it in post. We'll yeah, take yeah. that out we'll in Photoshop. I sing falsetto when I sing that voice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's fine. What's your take on the music industry? Because, I mean, obviously you are a very well-known celebrity who travels the world and performs your music. But also, like, in when it comes to the music industry, like, you're an independent artist? Yeah. Or are you on a label? Or? No. I was in two, in 2003. I was the first drag artist to be signed to a label, major label anywhere in the world. Right. So I was signed to Sony BMG after Australian Idol. And I released a song with them. Uh, but since then, I've been independent and releasing my own music. And I was just thinking about this the other day because I saw that maybe it's the VMAs have got, like, a category for... Um, k-pop and i've got a category for something else that was like a new kind of twist and i was like imagine if yeah. the vmas had like a queer pop or a drag pop oh, yeah. category yeah. so they could just give all those awards to kim patra yeah how <laughs> yeah. oh, dare you country drag pop for yeah <laughs> yeah yeah for trixie yeah, yeah. Oh, country, get ginger up there on this country queer yeah. pop you could have orville and trixie go head to yeah. head yeah well i mean it does make sense because the, the it's not like those awards are like the academy awards no. they're like thrown by mtv and yeah. mtv puts drag race out now yeah so, so why they could they have, have a drag oh, they category mtv yeah. if you're listening to this could you please create a drag pop or a queer pop yeah, category for the drag queens to yeah. be recognized. Yeah. Give Alaska her things. Yeah, mm-hmm. give her her things. <laughs> give her her things. No, it is, and and I'm sure you've moved in and out of those spaces. Mm. Like when you made your Eurovision contender song, uh, yeah. that was like funded and yeah. you know like yeah. fully supported. Yeah. What's it like to sort of know that maybe for one of your songs? you're going to shell out the cash and find a videographer and make a music video walking along Venice Beach. Yep. And then the other day you're going to get a car service and walk on a big set and there's a whole team. Yeah. It's interesting like being an independent artist because I guess the reason we do it is because we love music and right. we love performing and we love writing songs. We love creating music videos and then we love being able to actualize those on stage for audiences. But it's challenge. It becomes like or it sometimes feels thankless because you're constantly <laughs> oh yeah like spending the money putting it out mm-hmm. there and um and nobody your, wants and me your friends <laughs> make fun of you yeah <laughs> so what happens do. sometimes they do sometimes they don't you know sometimes i support your work yes and sometimes Something. it's not great <laughs> well um no i think that <laughs> that wasn't it your no, work I that know. was it sure what um, I always have these dreams where I'm like, one day, I'm yeah. like my songs celebrate that I released to World Pride. I was like, maybe this is it. Yeah. Maybe this is the one. And I'm going to release it. And people are going to be like, we love this song. And then go back and like discover my back catalog. like, Or just wait or, for or, the next one. I was going to say like Lizzo's yeah. album that like was like a year later that mm, everybody that discovered yeah. in love with yeah. it. Um, or get to make more or, but yeah, I, I don't know, like part of me, like, I don't know, the, the 14 year old boy who loved the Spice Girls, who wanted to be a Spice Girl, just wants to be on stage, being a Spice Girl, singing my music that people know along, sing, people sing along to, um, which I sort of tried with celebrate because the chorus is just the word celebrate repeated 16 <laughs> times. So I can at least, I can at least create video content where it looks like everyone is singing along to my song. Right. Or I tell them in like the first instrumental, like, okay, everybody, when we get to the next chorus, I'll just celebrate 16 <laughs> times. You got it? Okay, go. 
<laughs> I met Berlin Pride with half a million people going, celebrate, 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 celebrate. And just like, I know, it's an earworm. It is an earworm. We know how to celebrate. <laughs> no, I feel that completely. I, I think I've probably had two shows in my entire career where I went and there was a group of people who knew all the music. Yeah. And that feeling, feeling, it's incredible. Because yeah. it, it's not it, less about like fueling ego and more about energy fueling for the performance. Yeah. I'm like, I understand. You know, obviously Beyonce is like a next level artist, but I also understand when you're playing to a stadium and 50,000 people are screaming your song back to you, mm. how you can sustain a three hour performance yeah. as a superhero. Yeah. You know, you like, can see it in her face too. When she's, she's like, bitch, I she hated those European dates. Those people <laughs> were seated the whole time. Yeah. <gasps> how scandalous. Oh, and you can see it in her face too if you watch the but old But she video, always says this. Like, Taylor did the whole U.S. Now she's going to, to do international. Beyonce always starts in Europe because she's like, we got to work out the show. Yeah. yeah, and uh, when she does that, everybody on mute. Yeah, in in Europe, oh, yeah, they you were. Just, were... They were just like. They were already on mute. Already on mute. <laughs> they were. But you were in Atlanta. Yeah. Well, you were there for the one that won. Yeah, right. Did it win? It oh was amazing. God. Everybody on mute. It was. Dead I... t- it was. So it was good. so it's silent so for the Atlanta ones. Uh, I know people are gonna fuck it up in L.A. Mm. So well, like, now what they're doing is they're filming themselves screaming during fucking it, it up for attention. No, don't do that to Beyonce. Not to mother. Not to mother. Let's talk about Australia. Okay, you're a celebrity there. Like a, you're oh, like big. big famous there. <laughs> when you're walking down the street, how often are you getting stopped? It does happen, like in out of drag. It it's it is quite surprising, and it's it's who it is because like I have a interview show on the ABC, which is like our national broadcaster. That speaking of Beyonce, what's it called? One plus one, baby. One plus one yeah. equals two. There. Um. <laughs> she hit the note. Well, we'll be getting into the whistle notes soon. I'm just kidding. Um. <laughs> or not <laughs> gift. <laughs> Um, and one plus one is well, the ABC has a quite a, an, an aging audience, right? Um, and then I've attracted like a younger audience and to that's my Australian show, broadcasting, Australian Broadcasting Commission, um, and they uh, so lots of people watch that on the TV who who are like older, and people watch it online and wherever they watch it. And so now I'm like like a hit with like the the older middle-class Australians where people are always like, my grandma loves you. <laughs> and there's this weird thing that's now happening that like people's I grandparents, that, I'm like, oh, cause normally it's like, oh, my friend is your biggest fan. I'm like, why is it always the friend? Why is it not you? Yeah, so now it's like my grandmother loves you or my grandfather loves you or my mom, or I was talking to my mom and my dad the other day about, they 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 were like, oh, you have to watch Courtney interview Baz Luhrmann on One Plus One. And I'm like, that's, That's so cool. crazy. Do you find yeah. people there like more uh, open-minded or is it just, just your audience? I think that it's interesting, right? Because like Drag Race is huge, right. but it's 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 a destination show. It's not on a, a terrestrial network like NBC or ABC or right. where people yeah. just tune in and watch TV. Um, so the people who are watching Drag Race are the people who want to watch Drag Race. Whereas like sometimes you'll just be watching less so in 2023 but back in the day when you're just watching television yeah and you're watching whatever the the network has on at 7 p.m on a friday night and you're choosing between three shows kind of thing and so to be in that world where you're just like on the mainstream television where people are not just coming to watch you they're coming to watch what is on the television and then they end up watching you and end up liking you it's quite transgressive in an interesting way because i mean i think australia has 
mean, the, the U.S. has had like different queer visibility throughout the years. Sure. Um, and the U.K. has had a lot and probably like pantomime and people like Boyd George and Lily Savage and Eddie Izzard and um, George Michael and all of these people who have been like huge pop culture icons in in like a 80s 90s era but then the 2000s there hasn't there wasn't that much anywhere mm-hmm. and in Australia we had like Dame Edna of course and other queer icons and I think in the UK and Australia there is a more open sensibility to like queer identity and difference on on mainstream media like yeah. the idea of a drag queen hosting an interview show on ABC like it's just not oh, something that we can think about here. yeah yeah so okay, wild. I have a question about this. Do, because you also, in between, before that, when you went to London, mm-hmm. you hosted a dating show. Yeah, The Bylife. The Bylife. <laughs> and on that dating show, you talked about your sort of gender fluidity mm-hmm. and the fact that you you don't feel like you're a character when you're Courtney. Mm. You feel like it's an extension of who you are. Yeah. And do you feel like that sort of designation or like reaffirmation in a public way allowed the interview show to take off rather than I'm a character interviewing a celebrity? Yeah, I think uh, it's interesting with the interview show. I mean, I've always, when I was younger, I saw Courtney as being different, like I compartmentalized, Uh I think, because I had shame about doing drag and being a boy who was feminine and I found this container where I could socially acceptably do it. And then over the years I've been like, oh, actually I kind of just enjoy girly things and that's okay. Um, And so I think as I've come to like embrace my femininity and and realize that however I, whoever I am and however I show up is enough and is okay and it's not less than because it's feminine. Um, Then the bi life I sort of talked about attraction and gender identity and sexuality and I don't know I've just always I guess tried to like humanize myself in a world where I mean drag is sort of a a self-objectification in a way and then I try to sort of (laughs) (laughs) objectify me (laughs) Um, and then there's a sort of like work to unpack uh what what like because I think for us drag means I think I'm sure it means different things for different people but drag is like this deliberate choice of how you're going to express yourself in a world that told you that you're supposed to be this way or that way. Right. And you're like, no, actually. And the beauty of drag is that like drag is all really different. Yeah. And it's like what it means to each of us and how we choose to portray that, that I love. Um, but sometimes people are like, like it, drag is like the hand, the finger pointing at the moon and it's like the shiny thing. And then people like are like, wow, that's a pretty hand. And you're like, no, I'm actually pointing at this idea that like we're all – Born naked and the rest is drag. Wow. Um, wow, wow, wow. Not coming here and quote your best friend. <laughs> Sorry. Wow. We're wow, all wow, making wow. deliberate choices yeah. about the food that we eat and the people we sleep with and the clothes that we wear, the jobs that we do, the houses that we live in. And even more yes. so now with social media, the way we present ourselves yeah. publicly. I mean, come yeah. on. Yeah. And to not to think that that is just like the way it is feels dumb to yeah. me. Mm-hmm. And the thing that drag is trying to do is to say, no, you can do whatever you want. You can... You like you just because you were born with a penis or born with a vagina and you were told that this was the very narrow bandwidth of what you're allowed to be, that's not true. And it's it's something that we I, that's why I think queer people are here to save the world, because we're we're liberating people from these ideas, these yeah. old systems and structures that don't serve us anymore. And that's very upsetting to some people, but I think that 
I hope that in 10 or 15 years we'll look back and see sort of queer liberation as something that really contributed to the betterment of humanity and the liberating of women and the freeing of men from their cages that they all live in. Yeah, I don't know. I'm I hope it's sooner than 10 to 15 <laughs> years. Because, Mama, I'll be dead by <laughs> then. <laughs> we'll all be dead. <laughs> Speaking about that, um, well, let's talk about your Madame Tussauds, uh, your your body, your body that's there. <laughs> what do they call that? A wax figure. A wax figure. What? <laughs> your body. Well, because I'm hoping in 10 to 15 years it'll still be there and not melted. Well, How do they make that? It's air conditioned. So, oh, okay, good, yeah. good, 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 good. That um, one in LA, I'm not trusting any not- body <laughs> the, um, the body is fiberglass, the head is wax. And it's ah. actually wax, which I was interested to know. Like, you can, like... It's hard, but they said it's a combination of a Japanese wax and a bees wax that is sort of like... They took it to... Um, Fair Day, which is like a Pride Day in Sydney. They had like a booth and it was like, oh, like 90 there. degrees. Yeah. And so uh-huh. like you could get a photo with Courtney at Fair Day. Um, and like Troy Sivan and Kylie Minogue, I think. I can't remember who. But like they had like different figures out. And I was like, won't she melt? And they were like, no, no, she's fine for like a few hours in the sun. But we couldn't leave her there all day. That's crazy. When you first saw it, did you get up close, look at it and just wait for it to move? It was. Well, actually, <laughs> you know what's weird? Did all you? of the others... Oh, no, you no, all of the others that in in Madame Two Swords yeah. were really spooky, like the the especially the Australian celebrities because they've been done more recently, and the the more the more time you give them, and the more like agreeable you are to their process, the better your wax figure looks. So some of the biggest celebrities That's they're based they on like that. photographs and things. But oh. if you've gone in for like the full eight hours, you do like a full 3D body scan in the outfit, out of the outfit, they match your eye color. They there's like a woman that has like an easel with all these paints and she's like matching your skin color and you've got like glass eyes and they're picking the right one and like your teeth. I had a dental a 3D dental scan. Basically, Madame Two Swords are body snatchers and they're gonna upload me to the metaverse. I probably signed your AI already, they, baby. Yeah. I'm the Abba Voyage hologram. I'll, I would have been like, you do whatever you need to do, but make that waist two inches smaller. Uh, <laughs> Let's not play games here today. Well they keep all of the details. But when I saw mine, I think because I'd seen all the others and I was like, oh because I knew my no like ah oh, I think you're gonna come alive. Not oh you're ugly. Um like, like they were just pretty, so they were so realistic. But when I saw mine, I was like, well, that's obviously not me because I'm here. Yeah. So I had this rationalized, oh, I like, yeah. I knew that she wasn't getting I'm alive. So I was like all up in a grill checking. And I like asked to, they told me that the Katy Perry one, she's wearing a wig. And they told me that to make it look correct, she actually has a full head of hair that's all in pin curls and then a stocking cap. And then they put the wig on the mannequin, on the wax figure. Oh my Because so, of the proportions, that's how like, precise and artistic they are so I asked them I said okay if that's the case if that's where we're going then like I like glue down my eyebrows and there's this texture in here and like I have a web toe <gasps> she has a web toe uh. I have this like scar on my leg where I broke my leg and, so like, does she have like she little cool. short hair and then like, no they oh. did they did put her in a wig they were gonna originally punch the hair in and I was like I mean i I definitely wear wigs, like, and so they they made like a, a film lace custom front wig, and and she's wearing like. Now a is wig. she wearing their wig or she's your wearing wig? their wig actually? And is oh. she wearing their dress or yours? She's wearing my dress. Okay, my Marco Marco. That you have yeah. to donate your everything: uh-huh. the earrings, the fingernails, uh, the dress. Biological. Oh, you, you press on. Oh, you press on. 
so stupid. They are the body I'm so dumb. I was like, how much of your nails? You're wearing nails right now. For once in my life. I was like, pretty ladies coming in. And the shoes you have to donate as well. And I was like, I don't want her to spend her life in Payless, but also, do I really want to give her a pair of Louboutins? You're like, let's uh, call Wendy. Call Wendy. I'll come here every every two or three years. We'll swap out the shoes. But I I gave her a pair of Louboutins. Actually, the Louboutins that I wore into the Celebrity Big Brother house, which I had worn the night before when Willem Alaska and I were performing at GAY in London, and I did like a a high kick out to the audience, and my shoe flew off into the crowd. (laughs) I lost the shoe, and I was like, that was a shoe that I was going to wear into the Big Brother house. And Willem and Alaska, I had not told a word to, which they were very oh, yeah, upset they were about. Mad, they were very pressed mad. for a long time. Um, and then they Fucked. found the shoe. Security checked everybody's bag as they were going out. And they found the shoe and they returned it to the hotel. I wore it into the Celebrity Big Brother house. And now they lie forever on my Madame Tussauds wax figure at Sydney. What Let's take a break. Oh. Okay. We'll, we'll be, be right, right back, back after this break. <laughs> And we're back. You know Wicked? Yes. You like I, Wicked? I do. I do. Slay. It's coming back to Sydney. Uh, like a, another touring production. No, are they going to have, well, you wouldn't know, but are they going to have her fly or is she just going to go up on that cherry fork? Does, does she fly now? In the German production and then the Korean production, she flies out over the audience and they have oh, this like wind Spider-Man. blowing at her. Yeah, but less dangerous. Less, yeah. And they have this wind blowing at her and she's got all this taffeta so it like oh, floats wow. around her. She looks like that. a ghost. It's so good. I saw Spider-Man on Broadway. Shut up. Yeah. Turn, turn off the, the dark. Uh, turn off the Turn dark. off the dark. And mama, turn it back on. It was dangerous. Well, which one was it? Um, there was like, it's it stopped halfway through. Like the, yeah. like the, Gobbler, whoever it was, like flew out over the audience and then like stopped and they were like, uh, we're, we're going to hold, uh, pause, reset. Sorry, everybody. And the person like, <laughs> they had to go back and do it it's again. So insane. I mean, that kept happening and then they kept hurting their Peters. They yeah. kept breaking their legs, doing yeah. all the stunts, which I love. Did you ever, <laughs> did you hurt yourself when you were dancing? No, but TV? I, did, I broke my leg at Gay Ski Weekend Whistler once. Whoa. Oh my god, that's a big yeah. scar. What yeah. happened? I took a wrong turn and ended <laughs> up on a double black diamond mogul run and I uh mogul? Yeah. Boom, boom, boom. Yeah. The bumpy bits. And I tried Mogul's to like I tried to like snowplow and then like as I snowplowed, like I hit the bump and this my leg. How long were you out for because of that injury? Uh, it was a few months. I got they took me down to the if you're going to break your leg anywhere in the world. Whistler is the place to do it because they're like, there's so many broken legs there. Uh, like the ski field. They take you down to the hospital. Broken legs and spades. Yeah. <laughs> Work. I, t- I told them that I was like, someone said, tell them you're a dancer because they'll like do an extra good job. Yeah. Because it's important to your livelihood. Um, and that's what I'm going to start telling yeah. them. I'm a dancer, I'm doctor. A dancer. <laughs> he looked at my body up and down. <laughs> yeah. Um, so they fixed my leg. And then I got out of hospital a week later, which was the morning of the gig that I was there to do. And I was obviously still in a morphine haze and I asked them to drive me back up the mountain. I got in drag, which I have no memory of. And <laughs> you have pictures, was, like, and I had pictures. I had pictures in a wheelchair. Was it good? They carried me on stage and like put me upright and I like sang on one leg and I did like ACDC shook my own night long where like 
that you do the duck walk <laughs> the kick with across the, the stage. Yes. And I'm like, just gone out of hospital and I'm like doing the, that kick. And I look back now and I'm like, that was foolish. But, but got, it was a commitment. Yeah. And I yeah. like you're that. you're a professional. Yeah. you're a professional because the girls now would call out for a broken leg. Yeah. <laughs> Come on. Get up there. You're Jeez. upset about this. Get on stage and dance with your broken leg. Who you're looking out? for the, the real out? she won't. No, Name just, and shame. I'm not going to say it. <laughs> Name and shame. <laughs> Come on. Now, is that what you do on your podcast? Don't, don't go vague booking now. She knows who she is. Ooh. Yeah. Well, here's the thing. We're always trying to book guests. Uh-huh. Yeah. And so if I talk shit about him now, I can't bring him in here oh, and I ask guess, him about it. I guess broke a leg and couldn't come and do the podcast. No, about other things. Okay. Gigs in real pressing. life. I'll stop pressing. Um, but, I'll uh, tell you after. Okay. <laughs> Speaking of booking guests, mm-hmm. um, you had a great uh, podcast. Is it going to come back? Call me Brenda. What it's are you guys not. doing? No, two seasons. Vanity and I did two seasons of Brenda Call Me. We loved it. Oh, yeah. Brenda Call Me. We I did, always say it the other way. We right. d- everyone does. It's okay. Um, we did, uh, we, I can't remember how many episodes we did in the second Four? season. What did you do total? 35? 40? 35 in the second. And they wanted to bring us back for a third year and they wanted 48 episodes. Because it was a hit. Yeah. And we, Vanity and I sort of discussed it and we loved doing it and we love each other, but it sort of became, our friendship became more important than the podcast. And I think mm. we started working together in that environment for both of Wait, us. Wait, other way around. The podcast became more important than your friendship? No, we wanted to. You know, they, wanted to oh. keep, they cared about their friendship, so they canceled the pod. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah well, ha- the great thing about happened. us is that we've I never, never been friends. You. I don't ever want to be your friend. <laughs> so we're just business associates. associates. Yeah. I think that we realized, yeah, that, that, um, that doing the podcast on that uh, in that way for us and our friendship just was taking a toll and so yeah. we decided that we were better off just remaining friends and stopping the podcast we'd like to do it again one day but i think they want like the consistency and that yeah. was something i mean that... we've been on the air for four years straight no breaks never <laughs> yeah. twice a week it's constant even when you had that broken leg you yeah yell. oh yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah yeah well we're dedicated she didn't break her leg what, to be sick. what's new happening at wigs by vanity uh, what is new? Well, we've just got the... Isn't uh, it crazy? She does everything. I know. But it's <laughs> Fabulous Fridays! Is this... No, it's okay. a knockoff. Okay. <laughs> it really is. It's a knockoff. It looks yeah, the like fact that you said, is this? Is this? Mm-hmm. Uh, we've got, um, we've now got, what, is she, what are we calling them? They're not, the, they're not the Uber Ryers. They're not the Glam and Goes. I think they're the Glamour Ryers, where it's like the Uber Ryer had like a like a two inch knotted lace front, yeah. And with the cost of living, cry, I don't know what the prices went Everything up a lot. Up, yeah. Well, during COVID too, because of all the uh, yeah. restrictions on shipping and stuff. Yeah, and so well, during COVID, Vanity like very cleverly pivoted to hard front wigs, yes. and Everyone I loved it. Overheard, and they were good. I overheard like like young people saying like, oh my god. This wig is amazing. Like you don't even have to glue it on. Like you can just put it on your head. And we're like, yeah, that was what happened before lace fronts. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's what wigs just, were. That's what wigs were. And now you've just known lace fronts for so long that you're like inconvenienced by the the glamour that is a flawless <laughs> hairline. Well, they aren't flawless the way they do them. Well, yeah. Oh gosh, those lovely. <laughs> See, this is the beauty of bangs. Yeah, I love a bang. Yeah. I'm not wearing eyebrows or anything no. today. Oh. I, this, my my <laughs> root and wig is uh, very uh, smaller but similar style to this. Oh, yeah. uh, rooting wig is a smaller. Wig, a wig it seems big. like for your frame and, and face shape, <laughs> that would be size. not big enough. <laughs> I don't want to scare the No, a rooting the wig is what? The wig it's that you have root- sex in when you're in drag. Uh, it's a wig that looks good in any position. 
A root is Australian for sex. So did you get a root? Is to did you have sex? Oh, oh. I always thought they were well, talking about beets and turnips uh, and no, root vegetables. Root vegetable wig. I no, love root and wig. Root and wig. Now, do you have to pin that in or glue it or? I don't glue. I could glue it, but I uh, I just I usually ha I have a toupee clip and like a little French pin. No, I, do, I don't let them pull up my hair. Delicate. Yeah. French pin, some yeah. chapstick and mascara. <laughs> That's what it. are you? What's your coffee order down there in Australia? A soy ice latte. Huh. Oh, famously vegan. Famous, well, vegetarian now. Oh, I, she's back on the pandemic, Yeah, during the what pandemic, are, I went back. What are the things now that you consume that you wouldn't have before? Cheese, Cheese. ice oh. cream. Mm. So you're not going straight meat. Food. You're just oh, going no, no. like byproducts. I, I can't. I genuinely just can't eat meat. Yeah. Like it's not like being vegan was always like. Okay, I'm not gonna eat that cheese. Whereas, right. like, if you've said here's a steak or here's a chicken, I'm like, I, I actually can't that. eat that. Yeah. yeah. So I felt like I was living my life as a closeted vegetarian who was presenting to the world as vegan, but then would like, like get drunk and mm. do things they'd regret in the morning, pizza! like cheese pizza. <laughs> and Willem would tell everyone uh -huh. she's got a big old mouth. That's yeah. why you didn't tell her about Big Brother. Yeah, exactly. They would have been broadcasted on Twitter 20 minutes later. Telegram, telephone, tell Willem. <laughs> <laughs> She would have that oh on Race Chaser. God. Oh, yeah. I mean, the bleeping that we do over there. Oh I can't gosh. catch them all. Okay, also in Australia, because mm -hmm. you do share a lot about your life on Instagram, mm -hmm. you have this nice apartment that you have. Are they parrots or parakeets that come they're meet rainbow you? Rainbow lorikeets. Lorikeets. Lorikeet. Yeah. They're, they're, Once they're, I school delicious. There. they're like a, a wild bird that is rainbow colored. And they come in the, like in the area that I live, they just fly around in the wild like these rainbow parrots and they'll come and land on my balcony. And like I bought some like lorikeet mix from Amazon. Jeff sent it over and I mixed <laughs> it up for them and put it out on the balcony and then they'd come and eat. But then I realized like where well, there's one, there's many. There was always like two. And then, then there was three. Oh, no. And then I was just like the pigeon lady from oh, Mary Poppins. No. Um, and there was like six. And then they started like flying in the apartment. And I'm like, ah! <laughs> and that's when I cut them off. And oh, they started flying that's, around. You are a Disney princess. <laughs> like, ah! Sydney is so, I mean, it is so, there's so much nature down there. Every yeah, time I, I go. Yeah, like, it's like mostly nature. Yeah. Less yeah. Less suburbs, right? Well, even in the suburbs, like there's well, there's rainbow lorikeets, there's sulfur crested cockatoos, like these giant pure white birds with like a yellow crest, and they just okay. fly. They sound like <laughs> they sound horrible, but they look beautiful. There's kookaburras, which oh yeah, did they do the quick there's like a song about them? <laughs> That's the kookaburra. Wait, is this a new talent? That we didn't <laughs> no, know? I love the new talent. <laughs> I'm now doing bird calls, Avail <laughs> available for hunting uh, hunting meetings. Oh my gosh, that's so funny. <laughs> that Yeah, that was the thing that really impressed me on my trips to Australia. Is like, it just feels like, yeah, you're in the city and it's beautiful. And then especially in Sydney, like you're right at the harbor, you're right at all mm. those beaches. Mm. And then there's just like wildlife everywhere and beautiful nature. Mm. Yeah, it's really It's very lovely. different than like the nice weather here in LA, which is like urban nice weather. Mm -hmm. weather. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, the weather here is just, there's no, there's. I don't think there's any city in the world where we would have human rights that has weather like Los Angeles. Mm, yeah. Yeah, it's yeah, yeah, just sure. incomparable. Like yeah. every time I'm here, I'm like, oh, it's another beautiful day. And I think living in London made me appreciate weather. 
Oh, yeah. yeah. It gets real it's, foggy there for cool. so long. It's miserable. It's, How many pool parties have you been to out here since you've been back? None. I thought oh. you were saying London. I'm like, definitely none. No, I feel um, like there's pool parties every day. I only got here on Sunday night at oh, 11 okay. p.m. So it. it's oh, only yeah. been Monday as an opportunity. I got you. I? Yeah, let her yeah. breathe. Well, she had a date. Listen. <laughs> uh, and you were up in the woods, what? Doing yeah, mushrooms? Northern California. Uh, <laughs> I, well, my friends live up there in... It's called Nevada City. Uh-huh. It's not okay. Nevada. It's Nevada City. It's Nevada City in California. Okay. And it's like a lot of San Francisco queers have moved up there mm. and bought places. And it's like Tahoe National Forest. You know who I'm thinking about? Who? The the guy off TikTok who then moved to the commune. Oh, God. Oh, gay British bear. Yeah. He lives there. Ah! Do you know, you know, you know him? Oh, my God. Yeah, oh, I was with oh him. We were like obsessed oh, with him. That's the commune that I was in. Oh my God, Courtney, what? That's we what have talked was. about him so much. Yeah. We get phone calls about him, people updating us on his life. Oh my God, that's the commune that I was at. How insane. So, so um, my friends Robin and Derek own, have the property and yeah. they have like the A-frame where they live, which they like refurbished and it's beautiful. And then there's this giant barn that they... Originally, there was like a roller skating rink upstairs, and then they converted like the corners into bedrooms where they have four artists in residence. Kind of like they pay to live there, and there's a kitchen downstairs and a living room, and there's like a, it's like a perform. There's like a stage and like a couch and a performance space. And and then like we they have parties there. Like last year, Willem and I were there. And um and Lady Camden, um and (laughs) oh we know about Lady Camden. I don't know whether we're allowed to say. Anyway, oh, it's um, been said before. Oh, it's been said on this podcast before. <laughs> okay, um, and we we were all up there um, having the having like the best time. It was like it's called Gay Days. Um, it's at the river where just like thousands of queers turn up to this stunning river in the Tahoe National Forest for like the day, and it's just like this queer wonderland. There's like people of all genders and bodies and and lots of you know cis white gays as well uh-huh. um and mm. it's just like my favorite it's like <laughs> queer utopia and then we went back to the barn and had like a huge party last year and this year we had a more modest party but Bo, gay british bear um i've yeah i've known for years and uh, that's the all of the people that he makes the videos about are all the people who live yeah in, great the well community. we're gonna need his contact okay, <laughs> you can be a guest on the podcast we so want many him on the quests. podcast i'm sure he would like because he's so that. open about his life but then there's some stuff that like i need an explainer yeah. On. yeah yeah i also i was saying to him i think that he's like the perfect voice literally of this sort of alternative lifestyle experience because he has like a bbc received pronunciation accent that makes oh, yeah. it sound so legitimate yeah his accent legitimizes all of like i honestly think that's why so many of his videos people watch all Mm -hmm. the time because if it was like someone whining yeah and they were like well i'm back on the commune (laughs) i don't know that we would want to watch it he's like well i'm back on the commune and you know yeah the way he talks about like shooting OnlyFans videos and like his experience in that is something that we also don't hear a lot about Mm -hmm. right um, which I think is so interesting. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Yeah, we want to know everything about his life. I'm sure oh, he would yeah, love to, to know. Oh, oh yeah, oh yeah, I need to know about the divorce and the lawyer <laughs> oh, and where the money is coming from. We're gonna take a break. We'll be back with our final segment. Slay. All 
right, Courtney. Uh, Courtney. <laughs> Courtney. Courtney. Take your How break. can you say it correctly for us? <laughs> Courtney Act. Yeah, there it is. Yeah. The pun. Yeah. Courtney Act. It, I, Bostonians. Uh, they get it. They get, they it. get it. Courtney Act. Courtney Act. Well, it's- we've come to the segment of the show that we like to call... It is a segment where we let our guests tell us a fun, interesting, or scary sex story from the past, present, or future. What did you want to call your book? Il flagrante delicto. Yeah, and then it's a Latin legal term for caught in the act. So which oh. I thought was genius. And Katia was like, "Girl, you have the name for your book. It's caught in the act." And oh, I was like, yeah. "By Courtney, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> now you're very close with Katia. Yeah, I love her. Was it your bed that she shit in? It was. Yeah, out? that was the one. Yeah, okay. I'm just and double then, checking. And then threw and the then body down the garbage chute. The, the sex doll down <laughs> yeah. the garbage chute and yeah. it got stuck. And smashed her, I guess, like, gla- I don't know, a glass dildo or something. Shattered and, sh- yeah. Life is beautiful. I love her. You know I mean? She's up to whatever she wants to yeah. be up to. Yeah. Slay. She really is. Yeah. Rich, too. Just yeah. fucking rich. And do whatever she wants. Mm. Bought a house. Bought a house. I was just there. It's How beautiful. is it? Isn't beautiful? it beautiful? Yeah, I've heard it's gorgeous. And then, like, there's the house, and then there's this amazing... Uh, like, like a hardwood, like a red hardwood, like um, pathway. That's like it's like the it's on in the hills. So there's like very like uh, forty five degree angle, and there's like built into the hill is this like little like little pla- like a per- per- hang on. How do you say it here? Pagoda. Pergola. Pergola. We say pergola in Australia, so pergola always confuses me. And like little different. It's just gorgeous. So it's really lovely. I like it made me feel so warm and fuzzy to know that she like. Has that and has what? So cool. She gave you Gorgeous. a bed when you left. <laughs> no, like she, she gave she you never, five thousand dollars. She, 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 she no, she she just shat in the bed you and left. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Iconic. Yeah. Iconic. Um. So, Courtney, do you have any wild and crazy sex stories from your past, present, or future? Where do I start? <laughs> um. Do you want one that like? I mean, there's there's yellow rubber gloves, which I've talked about on Instagram. Is that <laughs> okay. <laughs> yellow latex dishwashing yeah. gloves. What about those? Well, the way she said it is better. It's like yellow. book title versus. The <laughs> That's the second book. Yellow, yellow rubber, rubber gloves. gloves. <laughs> it's actually on the. I'm. I'm. I. It. it That's. You're quite close. <laughs> oh, so you're writing a second book? Yeah. A Amazing. Fiction, a fiction though. <gasps> Whoa. Ooh. Yeah. So it's like I want to pull from my experiences of having sex with straight identifying men. A lot of them happen to be elite athletes. And I want to really explore the idea of like what I would be like if I was 23 now. Mm. And which is kind of an interesting like mind game to try and imagine how I would be different having grown up in the world 20 years earlier. Um, And then also examining like masculinity and their relationship to sexuality and gender and kind of maybe doing like a dual narrative fiction where like one chapter is the me character mm-hmm. and then the next chapter like picks up and it's the him character. Uh, so yeah. you hear like both yeah. sides oh, yeah. of like what I'm thinking and and then his version, which is probably going to be totally different. And the idea of like evolving his understanding and his language throughout the book. So like in the beginning, he's just like, I'm not fucking gay. And then he has like the ideas of like what is bisexual or pansexual or like Heteroflexible was the term I gave one recently, and he really liked that. Oh, he was oh. like, "Oh yeah, like hetero, but flexible." <laughs> and I'm like, "Whatever gets you through the night." Yeah, you know, you know what I, mean? you you know what I just gay. hate. 
that that impression, I'm like, that guy sounds hot. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> it worked for you. Your heart, you're chubby right now. Just good head troll. I'm like, yeah, I get it. Yeah. He's hot. Wait, yeah. so there's a lot of sports people in your inbox? Yeah, it's really interesting. <laughs> like, like, I legitimately, and I don't, know the, I don't know those sports people until, like, because they don't, they never want to lead with, yeah. I'm a professional athlete, because that's, right. like, and then it just, it legitimately happens that, like, I've got an Olympian, pro rugby player, pro soccer player, like these like elite athletes. And I'm like, maybe there's also something in this. Like all of these men in these sort of hyper-masculine sports, is it like men driving, men with small dicks driving flashy red cars? Oh, that sort uh, of overcompensating right. kind of analogy. I also think it's so interesting that you're saying that because so many of the trans drag race girls talk about how they hook up with like NBA athletes yeah. all the time. Well, because there must also be something in... I think it's the blue check mark to blue check. Because <laughs> it doesn't go to your hidden, you know, it gets right in there. Yeah. yeah. But I think there's something to your theory also that's related to like the locker room. Mm. because the locker room space is often time yeah it's oftentimes horny or it's like naked guys hanging out homoerotic completely but it also feels like it's couched in this like we're all masculine you know straight dudes playing the sport together yeah we shower together yeah we might talk about women together while we're naked and like cleaning our ball it's like that's homoerotic Mm. yeah interesting Mm. and i think that (laughs) i think that like there's no place for them in their world to express anything other than like hyper masculine heterosexuality yeah and that's I, i i just think like I, I like exploring this idea of like unpacking their like world through the the idea of a fiction narrative. So, yeah. But yellow I rubber gloves. That. Yellow rubber gloves. I have told this story on my Instagram because I had uh, a piece of art commissioned. Right. Um, in my for my home, I saw this artist, this queer artist, Jason Jowett, who I loved his stuff, and uh, his pieces were all um, based on grinder hookups. They were like portraits that he had done that are sort of out of like painted linen that he layers up and they're really fascinating. And there was one that I liked and it got sold. And then I reached out to him and I said, would you, since yours are about grinder hookups, could I tell you about a grinder hookup of mine? And then you do a piece of art about it. And so he did. And then I told the story of a gentleman whom I uh, have been having it off with for like three and a half years. Oh, wow. Um, so it's basically uh, my longest, Rutten for three and a half years, my longest ever relationship. <laughs> You're married. <laughs> You're married. You're married. Um, and um, after like having sex for a, a while, like as in like over a period of like say a month, I was like any fetishes you'd like to explore, any like anything like, and he said, oh, do you have a do you have a French maid outfit? And I was like, oh my god, you straight men are just so like obvious. <laughs> like French maid outfit is like the number one request from all yeah, of these men. And I'm right. like, he's like, um, what about some um, yellow washing up gloves? And I was like, oh, well, that's that's more unique. That's definitely are they a unique? thing here in the unique? Yeah, yeah. Yes. Like what, sometimes they come pink. Uh huh. But like for the most part, pink, they're just they're the yellow. dishwashing yeah. Yeah. gloves. In Australia and the UK, they're like yellow as yeah. a. They have other colors, they're but like the default too, is yeah. yellow. Um, and I was like, oh, okay. And so I like went to like the sex shop and bought the slutty maid outfit and like sent him a little video and was like at the checkout, like like bloop, with the <laughs> the yellow rubber gloves and threw them in the thing and doing this like fascinating like digital foreplay. Yeah. Which yes. like with gay men, I don't. That doesn't ever happen. And almost like if sex no, is premeditated, 
Well, I like that. I think yes. that's healthy. Because like with gay men, if there's like a sometimes with perhaps less healthy relationships to sex, when there's a premeditation, it makes the sex less interesting because they know they can have it and then they don't mm. want it. And it's all about that vicious cycle. I love the foreplay. I love yeah. the text of like, um, you know, just even even something as simple as like, just saw a hot guy. I got really horny. Can't wait to see you tonight. Yeah. Just being like, oh, that went through. It was a flash in my brain. Yeah. But now I'm connecting it to you for later. Yeah. Mm. I like, think it's worth I it. I got home and like put on the gloves and I'm like just filming myself in the sink washing <laughs> out. <laughs> and like kind of as a joke. But then he was like, oh, that's so fucking hot. Like I can't wait to get over there. And like it, as it developed, he was like, can you be waiting? Like we got into like a like a role play sort of thing where he was like, can you like be waiting like on your hands and knees? Like, but with, I want soap and sun. Like not just like performative cleaning of the floor, but like actually cleaning He's the like floor. Clean your apartment. Well, <laughs> it's you been just, a while. It's, yeah, it's a little dirty. Floors. Could you? Could you do the vlog? My feet are dirty when I leave. And then uh, <laughs> after. <laughs> You're so gross. <laughs> that was good. Um, and then like after sex, I was like to psychoanalyze them in that brief few minutes where they're not thinking about sex for the day. Yeah. And I was like, so the yellow rubber gloves thing, like where does that, where does that come from? And he was like, oh, I don't know. And I'm like, like you, you don't know. You just have this thing for yellow rubber, yellow rubber gloves. And he was like, yeah. I'm like, what thought in this conversation from your childhood or teen years has run through your head? Has anything from that era run through your head? And he's like, what do you mean? And I'm like, any thoughts of childhood? And he was like, oh, well, uh, at boarding school, I remember, like, um, there was this, like, Eastern European cleaning woman who, like, often wore, like, short skirts. And she, I remember, like, coming into the locker rooms and she was on her hands and knees wearing yellow rubber gloves, cleaning the, the floor. Do you think that's it? And I'm like, that's obviously it. <laughs> yes, what a like, And then I would fuck her and all then the time. I, yeah, I would jerk <laughs> off thinking about her. Yeah. No, nothing's really ringing about. Yeah. And he always, like, had these fantasies of, like, this. Wow. this and he he was like. Oh wow! Like it just—he'd never joined the dots, and um, so yes, sometimes we'll we'll be having sex without the gloves, and he'll be like, "Can you go get the gloves?" And I'm like, "Okay." So I pull them out of my bedside table and put them on, and I don't put the gloves in him or anything. I just wear yeah. them. But sometimes, like you're, you, I like to you take one off. Them. Like yeah. just okay. Yeah. <laughs> Look at you! You're helping people even when you're getting fucked. You know what I mean? <laughs> Speaking it's of sometimes animal. it's like a game of bop it <laughs> bop it twist, twist it, it punch pull it. it Courtney thank you so much for being thank here you for this was me. so fun we made it to the end it's of the so show um, what do you want people to know about what you have coming up or where they can find you or uh, just Courtney Act on all social media platforms we love it yeah. love it yeah well, thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of Sloppy Seconds. You can follow us on Instagram at SloppyPod. You can send us an email at SloppySecondsPod at gmail.com or call in with your own fuck talk story to 213 Send Meatball five bucks on Venmo so she can buy some ostrich feathers so the chickens <laughs> don't fill up the Wait, stadium. You don't these, like are these, these are turkeys. These are turkey feathers. No, it looks gorgeous. It's just... I should have steamed them and then like vacuum Someone else them. comes Maybe in vacuum, here when actually. we're done. Yeah. I'll clean them out. You won't. No, I won't. Because <laughs> you never have. <laughs> and don't forget, you can sign up for Mom Plus Gold. You get access to our full uncensored video episodes of Sloppy Seconds, plus monthly episodes of Sloppier Seconds, our bonus show. And the occasional... Not feeling very diamond. <laughs> 
detoxing about. Sorry. Um, and the occasional bit of BTS from our uh, show recordings. That's it. Goodbye. I'm really filling the room. We got it. That's what I you mean. You can like, see it. It's like snowing. Say goodnight, Courtney. Goodnight, Courtney. <laughs> <laughs> To get access to our full uncensored video episodes ad-free and one day early, sign up for Mom Plus Gold at mompodcasts.plus. Sloppy Seconds is produced by Moguls of Media, a.k.a. Mom. Hosted by Big Dipper and Meatball. Engineered by Margot Padilla. Editing and sound design by William Pitts. Executive produced by Willem, Alaska Thunderfuck, Big Dipper, and Joe Cilio. Our artwork was drawn by Christian Cimarroni. And our theme song was written by Mike Malarkey.